Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study, only about 13 minutes long each day, but it gets us into God's Word, and that is crucial for the strength and development and growth of our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. But it also helps keep us in focus on our relationship with God and helps us to have a better, more spiritual mindset to be able to deal with life every day. Help people in your life whom you know, and maybe some you don't know but can be reached through people you do know, by sharing these studies with them. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, but share every day with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. What a great blessing if by your sharing these short studies, you could help somebody ultimately get to heaven. A great blessing for them, but also a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our new line of thought and study, asking the question, what must I do to be saved? The most fundamental question probably that any person can ask and that every person ought to be asking, what must I do to be saved? We noted that In Acts chapter 2 on Pentecost, as Peter and the apostles were there with a vast multitude of Jewish men who had gathered together for that important religious holy day, but also feast day, Pentecost, among the Jews, they began preaching the gospel. Peter's words are highlighted in Acts chapter 2, and he was very direct and open about how they had rejected, that is, those Jewish, the Jewish people at large had rejected the Savior, Jesus Christ, had even contributed to his crucifixion. They did not believe in him as God's Son and their Lord and Savior. The Messiah prophesied in Old Testament prophecies numerous times, even though he fulfilled every single one of them in his public ministry upon this earth. And ultimately, Many of those Jewish men came to ask the question of Peter and the rest of the apostles in Acts chapter 2 and verse 36 or verse 37, what shall we do? And Peter responded and said, repent. You did not believe in Jesus. You've got to believe in him. You would not follow him. You've got to follow him. You rejected him. You've got to come to him. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We talked about the jailer in Philippi in Acts chapter 16, who came to Paul and Silas, who were prisoners in his prison under his watch. And after God had caused an earthquake to happen, all the doors and the prison cells were open, all the bonds that had been fastened to the prisoners' wrists and ankles had been loosed, and the jailer had fallen asleep. Paul and Silas had been singing praises to God into the night, even though they were prisoners in jail, in custody. The earthquake woke up the prison keeper. He came in, he saw the prison doors open, he saw the prisoners had been released from their bonds. He was about to commit suicide because under Jewish law, I'm sorry, under Roman law, under which he lived 
and did his job as prison keeper, he would have had to have paid the penalty for every single prisoner who escaped. So he was going to commit suicide on the spot. But Paul stopped him, crying out, Do yourself no harm. We are all here. Acts 16 and verse 28. And then the prison keeper called for a light. He came in and he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he asked them, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And then they taught him the gospel, taught him and his household about Jesus Christ. And what was his response and their response, those of his household? Verse 33, immediately he and all his family were baptized, just like those 3,000 on Pentecost. What must I do to be saved? Again, whoever came up with that bumper sticker, read the Bible, free gift inside, got it right. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, Paul wrote, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Not something we can earn, not something that God is obligated to give us, not something that we naturally have coming to us. It is a gift that is offered by God. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. We can only be saved by the grace of God. In chapter 2 of Ephesians and verses 8 and 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. We cannot earn it through any number of good works or good deeds. It is a gift that God offers us by his grace. But now there are responsibilities that God places upon our receiving that gift. And there's where a lot of people mess up. They don't want there to be any restrictions to receiving the gift. They don't want there to be any responsibilities on their part. But you see, again, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, the Apostle Paul stated that there's going to be a day on which we will all stand before our Lord in judgment. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. God holds us accountable for how we come to him through Jesus and how we live our lives before him as those who have come to Jesus or have not done so. We must all give account. And it's not something that we determine on ourselves as to what we want judgment to be like and what, how, how we want it to be on that final day. It is our Lord who is going to say either enter in, as we read in 
Matthew chapter 25 and verse 21, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And this is a story that's meant to paint the picture of that final day of judgment. And first the saved entering in to the joys and blessings of heaven. But then in verse 41, the exact opposite. He will say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Oh, there will be many who will not hear the words, enter in to the joys of your Lord. They will hear, depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire. And there's only two destinations that are in view. One is that straight and narrow way that leads to life, Matthew 7, verse 13. But Jesus said that, well, verses 13 and 14, Jesus said, few are going down that pathway. The other way is that broad eight-lane highway to eternal destruction, paved with sinful lifestyles all along the way, disobedience to God, unfaithfulness to Jesus. And he said many are going down that road. Those are the only two choices. But God offers us a gift that is beyond measure, beyond measure, something we cannot earn on our own, something we cannot obligate God to give us, but he offers it to us by his grace. We can, ask, we can ask no more important question than what must I do to be saved? And God gives us the answer in his word, the scriptures, the Bible. First, we need to come to grips with the fact that we're sinners outside of Christ. In Romans 3 and verse 23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If you look at verses 9 and 10 in that same third chapter, it says, there is none righteous. No, not one. We have to come to grips with the reality of our sin before we can see the need, the magnitude of the need for forgiveness and salvation that God offers us as a gift through Jesus Christ. Again, Romans 6 and verse 23, the wages of sin is death. And the Apostle Paul wrote in Galatians that the Scriptures confine all under sin. There's no one that can say, well, that's not me. I, 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 don't, I, I don't fall into that group. Yeah, you do until you come to God through Jesus Christ, until you come to God for that gift that he offers you of forgiveness and salvation as you're baptized into Christ. And at that point, the blood that he shed on the cross will cleanse you of the guilt of your sins. In Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2, the prophet wrote, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. 
Now, there are a lot of people who think I'm too bad to be good. God surely is not going to be willing to forgive me. God's hand is not short that it cannot save. But here's the problem. Your iniquities, your sins have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear until you humble yourself and ask that question, what must I do to be saved? Let's dig a little bit deeper next time. Let's pray. Father, help people to see their need to ask that question and to look to your word for the answer as to what they need to do to be saved and help us to help them learn, Father. Please forgive us, gracious Father. Please forgive us and hear our prayer, gracious Father. In Jesus' name, amen.